Revelation chapter 12. Beginning to read, please, at verse 7. Revelation 12 and verse 7. Thank you, dear. Looking after Daddy. Thank you, Lloyd. Thanks, Lloyd. Revelation 12 and verse 7. And there was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon fought and his angels. And prevailed not, neither was their place found any more in heaven. And the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil and Satan, which deceiveth the whole world. He was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now has come salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ. For the accuser of our brethren is cast down, which accused them before our God day and night. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb. And by the word of their testimony, and they love not their lives unto the death. Therefore rejoice, ye heavens, and ye that dwell in them. Woe the inhabitants of the earth and of the sea, for the devil has come down unto you, having great wrath, because he knoweth that he hath but a short time. And when the dragon saw that he was cast out unto the earth, he persecuted the woman which brought forth the man child. Keep your Bibles open. We will be referring to that in extent, quite some extent in a moment, but we're just going to buy in a word of prayer. Father, we thank you on such a night as this. Through torrential rain, you've brought so many out into this place of worship tonight. We thank you, Lord, that you've given them the desire to be here. And we thank you, Lord, tonight that your word is opened. It's open to be heard in our ears and to be spoken to our hearts. So we pray tonight, Father, in the name of your Son, the Lord Jesus, that you would inscribe this in every heart and print it upon every mind. Sear it into our very conscience. And we pray, Father, that thy word would be on every lips. Everyone in this place this evening, may Christ be glorified tonight. May he be lifted up and exalted. May he alone be seen. We thank you that you're here by your spirit among us. And you're here to speak to us, to teach us, to convict us, to convince us, to compel us, even to encourage us tonight. Oh God, we pray that you would teach us for your glory. And Father, we ask it if there's one or some who knows not your Son as their own Lord and personal Savior, that tonight they will see their need of him. They will see their need of the Savior. And if there's one that has walked away far from thee, we pray tonight, Lord, if there's one who's went into the far country and walked away from you. We pray, O God, that you would draw them back through thy word and spirit tonight and that you would glorify your name. 
So have thy way among us. May Christ be exalted and glorified. For Jesus' name's sake, we pray and ask it. Amen. Praise the Lord. The backdrop to Revelation chapter 12 is, in verse 1, there's a great wonder in heaven, meaning there's a woman clothed with the sun and the moon is under her feet and upon her head are a crown of 12 stars. Some like to think that this woman is the church. I beg to differ. The Roman Catholic Church says it's Mary. I beg to differ. It is not Mary. This woman in Revelation 12 is ancient Israel. Scattered from the northern kingdom across the nations. And then the house of Judah and its remnant following around AD 70 when Titus the Roman prince came and destroyed Jerusalem. The reason I believe this is Israel is because in Genesis 37, we are told of Joseph coming to his father, if you'd like to turn or you can listen and mark it down and read it. And Joseph has a dream in Genesis 37 and in verse 9, it says in He that is Joseph dreamed yet another dream and told his brethren and said, Behold, I have dreamed a dream more. And behold, notice the sun and the moon and the eleven stars made obeisance to me. And he told it to his father and to his brethren. And his father rebuked him and said unto him, What is this dream that thou hast dreamed? Shall I and thy mother and thy brethren indeed bow down ourselves to thee, to the earth? And his brethren envied him, but his father observed the saying. Here we see Joseph's dream. He dreamed of the sun, the moon, and eleven stars. His father, Jacob, understood. Jacob, Israel, understood that he was speaking of his mother, of Jacob himself being the sun and the moon represented in the dream and the 11 stars being Joseph's brothers. And hence it speaks of the nation of ancient Israel scattered and on a westward track. The wilderness, it's known in Revelation chapter 12. And so going to Revelation chapter 12 again, brothers and sisters and friends, We are told that in verse 2 of Revelation 12, and she being with child, cried, travailing in birth, and it pained to be delivered. And there appeared another wonder in heaven, and behold, a great dragon having seven heads, ten horns, and seven crowns upon his head, and his tail drew the third part of the stars of heaven, and did cast them to the earth, and the dragon stood before the woman, that is, before the woman being scattered Israel, ready to be delivered, for to devour her child as soon as it was born. And she brought forth a man-child to rule all nations with a rod of iron, and her child was caught up unto God and to his throne. We see the nation of Israel from the days of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. 
And the dragon, the devil, as we'll see, has been standing against them for years, just as he stands against us today in the year 2023. We know throughout the scriptures, for example, the pharaohs of Egypt had them under their cause. After that, there were the Assyrians taking away the house of Israel, the Babylonians taking away the house of Judah. And then, of course, we have the Alexander the Great and the Grecian Empire. We had the pagan Roman Empire right down until the coming of what's known of the little horn of the West in Daniel chapter 8, where it is the papal empire which came up from it. And hence we see that it was persecution upon Israel. Israel now in the wilderness of Revelation 12, and we're told that this woman is now scattered. That is, the nation is scattered. And the devil wants to destroy her seed and all who come to faith. All of them who come to faith wants to destroy the Christ in them and in their covenant nations where they are. Now take note of this. In verse 7, there was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon and the dragon and his angels fought, pardon me, a dragon fought and his angels and prevailed not, neither was there place found any more in heaven. There was war in heaven. We're now told what happened. There was war in heaven. So this backdrop that we have, first of all, I want you to see that it is spiritual. It is spiritual. Secondly, it is literal or even physical. Literal, physical. Thirdly, I want you to see it's historical, right through history, biblical history. And of course, up to recent history until today, it is historical. And fourthly, it is considerable. It is considerable. For example, first of all, this is spiritual because of the wicked influence of this fallen one from heaven who drew a third part of the stars with him. This influence of this fallen wicked one behind the scenes works on men and works on women, works on those of high authority, high places in society. And hence we see, as Paul writes in Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 12, he says, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. And hence that dragon is still and his cohort of fallen angels are still to this day trying to extinguish the Christ, trying to remove the word of God out of the covenant nations under God, like the United Kingdom once was, covenanted unto God, under the scriptures, under the rule and the word and the commandments of God, like the United States and Canada, South Africa, Australia, New Zealand, and we can go on. These nations which were covenanted to God to walk in the ways of the Lord with gospel preachers, as it were, we had in every corner with churches full of men and women rejoicing in the goodness of God, now 
empty, even shutting. I'm told that there are many who cannot open on a Sunday, they feel, because none of their people from the Sunday morning will come. I would open anyway. I would open anyway. Notice here, brothers and sisters, our nations are under turmoil. And we're going to see there's woe upon the world. Woe upon the inhabitants of the earth, we're told. But here there are spiritual wickedness working among our government in high places. And behind them, spiritual wickedness. And the bankers like the Rothschilds who start wars and fund on one side and fund on another side to make their trillions. And the nations and their governments are like puppets who need their financial support. There are those that we find in the WEF and the United Nations, the WHO, and all of those who are trying to bring us in to one conglomerate of a one-word order. And there are those who want us to be under their cause, to control us, to control you and your family. But when we got saved, our kingship changed. We're under King Jesus. We are under the rule and the reign of Christ and not the dragon, nor his angels. So it's spiritual. Secondly, it is literal. And because of this fallen one who influenced and beguiled Eve, our mother Eve in the garden, who then gave to Adam. Now listen, brother, it wasn't Eve's fault. It was Adam's. He should have said no. He was the federal head, and it's when he fell that we fell. Not when he fell, when he fell. Notice this, Genesis 3 and verse 1, we see this fallen one. Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden. He actually flipped the word of God on its head. God says you can eat of all the trees of the garden, bar the tree of knowledge of good and evil, which is in the midst of the garden. For in the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. Or as I said the other week, dying you shall continually die. Because eating, you will keep on eating. It wasn't an apple. It wasn't an apple. A twisted mentality of the word of God. And hence fallen, depraved unto death. And we see our society in its most degenerative state that I've ever seen in my coming 57 years on this earth. The most degenerative state I've ever seen, Ulster fall to. Ulster, the people of the blood in the book, are now, and the vast majority, Ulster, who love nothing but themselves and their sin to go with it. Notice this, it is literal because this spiritual one speaks and literally things happen on the earth through people. Happened through Adam, it happened through Eve, and it happens today. 
Thirdly, it is historical because the fallen one has been spiritually and literally throughout history. The whole of history right through our people, our nation, right back to our families, our forefathers, right the whole way back to the days of Adam, right through into Abraham, Isaac and Jacob, to the early church. It has come through history against the word of God, against the things of God, against Christ's domain. In other words, Christendom. And this is not only physically using fallen man's depraved nature and dead Adamic self. In other words, when we were born, we were born in sin, shaping it in iniquity. And our very nature, we are sinners. In our very nature, we are sinners and lost. People think you have to be a bad person. No, no. You just have to be born. I'm going to say it again. People think you have to be a bad person to be called a sinner. You have to be a really bad person. No, you just have to be born because it's in your nature. It's within your being. And all the serpent, the the devil, this wicked one, this fallen one, needs to do to mankind is to whisper to certain people and in certain places, high-ranking authorities, and there we find that they manipulate the masses and also right to the individual person, to you and to me, that he whispers and he, he applies temptation to the flesh. He applies temptation to the mind and he, he twists the word of God and says, God won't keep you out of his kingdom God will let you in even if you are the way you are and you sin the way you sin and you stand before him the way you are. Twist the word of God like he did to Eve. Sure, God says you can't date all of these. Totally against the word of God. And hence in our very nature, we rebel against the things of God. We don't want to know the things of God. But historically, this has been coming through our nature. And hence, we know the gospel has been preached from Christ, has been risen. Notice this. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 and 2 says, And you hath he quickened, made alive. And you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and in sins. We were dead to God. Dead in trespasses and dead in sins. But the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit quickened us. The Holy Spirit of God made us alive under Christ. Let us see our need of a Savior. Let us see that we were sinners, born and shaped in iniquity and in sin did our mothers conceive us. And the Holy Ghost came at a certain place, point in time. And he says, Ken, you're a sinner. And I was a sinner. A big, deep, dyed, dark sinner. The Holy Ghost quickened me to my need of Christ. And you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and in sins. Wherein time past ye walked according to the course of this world. The word according, there's the word kata, means, gives the idea to press down with the dominance. I used to be and I used to walk with the dominance of the world in my depraved nature. So did you. You had another manager at one point. The very dominance of the, the wicked things and the spirits of other spirits from the other realms. And, and there you had this dominance 
in your depraved nature. And we love to have it. So we loved the sin. We loved our sin. We walked in our sin. Cared nothing for God until he came and he made us alive. And we sang earlier, I saw the light. We saw our way through Christ alone. And we were in time past. You walked according to the course of this world. We went with the rest of the world. We were as bad as the rest of them. But listen, according, there's that word again, with the dominance, the pressing down, according to the power, prince of the power of the air. You know who he is, don't you? He's the one who was kicked out of heaven. And you and I walked according to the power of the prince of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. And so one, it is spiritual. Two, it is literal or physical. Three, it is historical. And it comes right through the scriptures. And God willing, tonight, I'm going to show you the historic interpretation of Bible prophecy in the book of Revelation of Jesus Christ. I'm going to show you, God willing, how the Lord Jesus spoke about Islam and the rise of it. How the Lord Jesus says not to go out there, not to trust him. How the Lord Jesus spoke of the rise of the papacy. And he says, don't you follow after them, Lord, believe them. In history it happened, and it's in this book. It is in this book. The reformed principles of Holy Writ and of Scripture. And so it is historical, and fourthly, it is considerable. Because of this fallen one, it can be said it has influenced the people of every race and put us under all under sin. The wickedness of those in places of great authority are still trying to destroy God's people and extinguish every remembrance of Christ and his crown and covenant and his kingdom before he returns again. Why? Because the devil knoweth that he hath but a short time. Why is it getting worse? The devil knoweth that he hath but a short time. Listen, in Revelation 16, if you want to turn with me, please. Revelation chapter 16, verse 13. It says, and I saw three unclean spirits like frogs come out of the mouth of the dragon. There he is. Out of the mouth of the beast. Out of the mouth of the false prophet. Here we have the dragon. We can see it and we've always preached it, but it's greater now. It's it's increasing. We've seen it in communism. In Bolshevik. The Bolshevik revolutionism. We've seen this beast in, in all of these atheistic godless countries but now we see it in our own country we see this dragon of the the red as it were army and it is the rise in these last days and we see them already saber rattling with the rest of the west the nations of the world but notice this there's the beast of the like of the european union the european union is a beast United Nations is a beast. The World Economic Forum is a beast. The World Health Organization is a beast. It's a beast system. It's a beast system and we need as a nation to come out. Wherefore come ye out among them and be ye separate 
saith the Lord. Notice this. In chapter 17, we see, as it were, Babylon. It's all Babylonian. We see the Babylonian political system in Revelation 16. We see Babylonian uh, ecclesiastical system, the, the ecumenical movement headed up by Rome, bringing all the religions in, all under the one banner. And look what happens to this other woman. This is a different woman. Notice it says in verse 4, And the woman was arrayed in purple and scarlet and decked with gold and precious stones and pearls, having a golden cup in her hand, full of abomination and filthiness of her fornication, and upon her forehead was a name written, Mystery Babylon the Great, the mother of harlots and abominations of the earth. But note this. Now you think of this. You think of the Reformation. You think of between 50 to 100 million martyrs. And I saw the woman drunken with the blood of the saints. I saw the woman drunken with the blood of the saints and with the blood of the martyrs of Jesus. And when I saw her, I wondered with great admiration. And if you note, we're not going down, I've taught on this in depth. If you note here, it says in verse 8 at the bottom of it, and when they behold the beast that was and is not and yet is. This beast was continuing on right through all of these systems. It is tripart. It is political. It is ecclesiastical. And it is financial. And it is Babylon the Great, the mother of harlots. She is the woman that rides the beast. Now take note. In Revelation 16, and I saw three unclean spirits like frogs come out of the mouth of the dragon, out of the mouth of the beast, and out of the mouth of the false prophets. Now I notice this, for they are the spirits of devils, working miracles which go forth unto the kings of the earth, the earth and of the whole world. This whole system now is becoming out to the kings or the leaders, the prime ministers, the presidents, the politicians of the whole world. A new world order. A one world government. But I can tell you, brothers and sisters, notice what it says in verse 19. And the great city was divided up into three parts. That is, the three parts I had read, written out, read out to you. Ecclesiastical Babylon. Financial Babylon. Political Babylon. And it says, And the great city was divided into three parts, and the cities of the nations fell. And, and great Babylon came in remembrance before God to give unto her the cup, her cup of the wine of the fierceness of his wrath. Jesus is coming. And he's going to destroy the whole lot. Amen. Amen. The Lord is coming. Listen, I said it the other day. Don't lose courage and don't lose heart. Christian, don't give up. Keep trusting Christ. You know why? Because we're nearly there. I believe it, we're nearly there. Should Christ come or call us, we're nearly there. And hence, this is the unclean spirits in verse 13. Spirits of devils in verse 14. So, the serpent of Genesis 3, who comes to Eve, more subtle than all the beasts of the field, 
and the dragon in Revelation 16 are one and the same. And they're mentioned in Revelation 12 in our reading, if you go back to Revelation 12. The great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil. I want you to notice something. I never noticed this. I I I was sitting with this in my head from Friday evening. That's the way my mind thinks whenever everybody's doing whatever they're doing. My mind is just like, it's like a clock. And had this going on in my head on Friday evening. And I sat down on Saturday morning and I wrote right through to Saturday evening last night. And I seen something I haven't. I know many times I've preached on this before. And this one little thing caught me. Notice, and the dragon was cast out. That old serpent called the devil. See the word that. That old serpent. Now I knew who this was, but I never caught that one word. It is a definite article of the one who was in Eden. There's no mistaking here. That old serpent, not any old serpent, not a serpent like, but that old serpent who came to Mother Eve, to Father Adam. The same one is now in Revelation chapter 12. And he's the same one who was kicked out of heaven. And he's the same one who's wreaking havoc. I know there's people and they'll, I'm waiting on it whenever I get out of here because I believe the devil's already bound. Well, if he's bound, I don't know what's happening then. Hear the thunder? It's great, isn't it? We're, we're warm and dry. Praise the Lord. Notice this, that old devil. That old serpent called the devil, and the word devil here, diabolos, means the slanderer, the accuser. But here's what I want you to see, because I scarred through quite a lot of Greek texts to see if I could find anything else on this. Diabolos is the word for devil here, and it's where we would get diabolical from, this diabolical one. But listen to one of the, the texts that I had read, and I thought, that's what it is. It means a slanderer, the accuser, but it is applied to a person who by opposing God, opposing the cause of God, is acting the part of the devil. Hence, spiritually in their depraved nature, their unsaved state, they are getting on like the devil against the things of God. They are influenced by spiritual wickedness in high places. You see, brothers and sisters, we must see past what is happening in our media today. We must look behind it. You see, when you see the big headline and everything's taken up behind the big headline, you know what to do? You see the big massive headline and every radio station and everywhere in social media is flanned at you and the TV news and the newspapers, if you read them, and all of those things. You know what you do? You say, all right, I wonder what's happening then behind the scenes. Look behind the big picture and you'll find the truth. What are they hiding? Notice this. Notice this. This one, the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil and Satan, which deceiveth the whole world. And the word deceiveth here is the word planao. Planao. And it means to lead astray. Or to seduce. So he's come and he's leading people astray. 
Sir, maybe he's leading you astray. Lady, maybe he's leading you astray. Maybe he has seduced you into sin. Seduced you away from God. Seduced you. And you've walked away from Christ. That's what he does. He applies seduction tactics. Notice here, if you will, this word deceived or plan, oh, lead astray, it is, it's in the New Testament, so it's, and this is written in Greek and translated into this for our English. But in the New Old Testament, where it should be written in Hebrew, when you take what's known as the Septuagint, which is the Old Testament written in Greek, it's the exact same word for when the prophet Isaiah said in Isaiah 53, starting in verse 5, say, for he was wounded for our transgressions. Talking of Christ to come, about 700 and 750 years later, he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. And the chastisement of our peace was upon him. With his stripes we are healed. You ready? Verse 6. All we like sheep have gone astray. Israel had went astray. And he says, you and I have went astray. You've been deceived You've been duped. You've been seduced by the wicked one. All we like sheep have gone astray. That's the condition of every one of us. That's what we were like before we met Christ. That's where we were before we were saved by the grace of God found in Christ. Before we were washed in the blood. All we like sheep. Not like goats, by the way. He knew me from before the foundation of the earth. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord, the Father, hath fled on him, the Son, the iniquity of us all. Here we're finding the same word. Tell us in the book of Isaiah, you've gone astray. You've been seduced. Now it tells us here, right through time, right into Revelation 12 to you and I tonight, There's people being seduced. Seduced that don't even know what gender they are. Seduced that they don't know what sex they are. Our children are being seduced by them. In the schools, primary schools. And there's children here, and I want to be careful tonight. I want to be careful tonight, but I'm going to say it as, in the softest way as I can, because, but yet letting you get the idea of what's coming in here and what is happening. From nine-year-old up to nine years of age, one of the homeworks is to go home and practice masturbation. Now, I'm telling you the truth. This is what, what, this is, what is in this agenda. And it's now being applied to the schools in Northern Ireland. Passed last week. And after 9 to 12, practicing anal sex. To our children, spirits of devils. To our children. Passed. In Ulster. It's been passed in Westminster. Westminster we should call it. Passed on to our children.
That's only the tip of things. You want to read the dossier? I have it. You couldn't even read it here tonight. And they want us to have our children be taught it. Primary school. So, deceived. It says that old devil, the serpent, that old devil called Satan is deceiving the whole world. Listen, brothers and sisters and friends, Proverbs 1 and 10 says these words, Son, my son, if you're Christ's, if you're the Father's son, listen, my son, if sinners entice thee, it's the same word, entice. My son, if sinners entice thee, consent thou not. Don't let your children follow this. If you hear about it, don't let your children sit under this. So, in Revelation 12 and 9, the end of the verse, it says he deceives the whole world and he was cast out into the earth and his angels were cast out with him. Lord, why did he have to come here? Do you ever wonder? He had to come here to show God's glory at the end of it all because God will show that he is sovereign. So first of all, there's war in heaven. And Revelation 12, verses 7 and 8 have said that there was Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon fought and his angels and prevailed not. Neither was their place found anymore in heaven. So there's no place in heaven. Where's it found? Well, he comes to earth. He comes to earth. Now, I, want to, I just want to stop here, and it's a little sidelight for you, because see Michael here. Michael is always linked with Israel in the Old Testament, the book of Daniel as well. So Michael and Israel, but the problem is there are some, uh, well, I suppose you call them sects, who believe that Michael is Jesus himself. And I want to tell you, I want to show you what they believe, and I'm going to tell you why it's not the Lord Jesus. He's an angel. He's not the Lord Jesus. I wanted to show you tonight. So first of all, they say that Michael is Jesus because he has angels. Notice what it says. There was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought. So he has angels. So he must be Jesus. But then I say to them that it also says he fought against the dragon and the dragon fought with his angels. So the devil has angels too. So it can't be Christ on that grounds. It means that they were under his command. Secondly, some say Michael here is Jesus because his name means one like God. One like God. And this gives certain groups argument to deny the deity of our Lord Jesus Christ. But Jesus is not one like God. Jesus is God. He's not like God. He is God. And thirdly, some say Jesus is Michael, the archangel, because of Paul's remarks in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 
and verse 16. At the second coming and the return of Christ, there will be the voice of the archangel. For example, for the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel. Jude in his little one chapter book uh, letter tells us, uh, I think it's verse 6, uh, that Michael the archangel he's called. And he's arguing with, arguing with the devil. He's contesting about the body of Moses. And so some are saying here that because it says the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Well, here's the thing, brothers and sisters. I beg to differ for it says the Lord, in other words, Jehovah himself. The same Christ who died on the cross, who came from heaven, who ascended to glory, is coming again. He's not an angel coming for me. An angel didn't save me. An angel of no blood to cleanse me, to pay my debt. It was the Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Notice this. Fourthly, some believe Jesus is Michael, this archangel here, because it teaches that Satan is God's counterpart. <laughs> Satan is God's counterpart. Imagine that. Anybody with a half a brain and one eye can see different. That Satan is God's counterpart. Listen, God has no counterpart. All are beneath him. All are beneath him. In Isaiah 46 and 5, it says, To whom will you liken me? And make me equal and compare me, that we may be like. That's what the Lord asks. Yahweh, Almighty God says, To whom will you liken me and compare with me, that we may be like? Come on, tell me someone that's like me. And you, uh, these people are going to say, Well, Michael the archangel. The Lord Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And he's God who is the Son. So Revelation 12 and verse 9, the devil is cast out. And in verse 11, the devil is cast down. Cast out and cast down. Notice here verse 11. Pardon me, verse 9. The great dragon was cast out. That old serpent called the devil and Satan, which deceiveth the whole world. And he was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. And pardon me, it's verse 10, not 11. And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now is salvation and strength in the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ. For the accuser of our brethren is cast down, which accused them before our God day and night. First of all, he's cast out. He comes, he's the prince of the power of the air. Then he's cast right down. When was he cast down? When salvation came. When did salvation came? come? When Jesus went to the cross. Listen, he stomped on the devil's head and he crushed him. Crushed the head of the serpent. Notice here, in Luke chapter 10 and verse 9, listen to the words of the Lord Jesus. Now listen to his words. I 
beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. Now if he isn't God and he's about 30 years of age or maybe up to close to 33 at this point, how did he behold Satan fall as lightning? Think about it. But he says himself, I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. Will you turn with me to Revelation chapter 9? I will dissect maybe these chapters some other time uh, more intricate detail. And verse 1 says, And the fifth angel sounded, and I saw a star fall from heaven onto the earth, and to him was given the key to the bottomless pit. And he opened the bottomless pit, and the, there arose a smoke out of the pit, as the smoke of a great furnace, and the sun and the air were darkened by the reason of the smoke of the pit. What does this mean? What is this all about? Notice a star falls from heaven. Michael and his angels fought. The dragon and his angels. What did we read before it? The dragon with his tail takes a third of the stars. This star falling from heaven in Revelation 9 is the same serpent devil. Now you stay with me till I show you something here. The same serpent devil. Just for time's sake, let your eye run down to verse 11. And they had a king over them, which is the angel of the bottomless pit, whose name in the Hebrew tongue is Abaddon, but in the Greek tongue hath his name Apollyon. So in the Hebrew and the Greek, basically the word or the name is the same, Abaddon and Apollyon. And Abaddon and Apollyon mean destroyer. And again, I looked and I dug deeper to see if I could find more And some Greek scholars say it means the minister of death. The minister, this fallen star is the devil, the minister of death. It means the author of havoc on the earth. That's what I have written word for word from a Greek scholar. It is the author of havoc on the earth. Who fell to the earth and who created havoc? It means the destroying angel. The destroying angel. Would you turn with me please to Matthew 24? Matthew chapter 24 please. I just want to lift one verse for time's sake. I I, I haven't time to go through a lot of this. A lot of this chapter was fulfilled in AD 70 when Titus came and destroyed the temple in Jerusalem. Notice Matthew 24 and verse 26. The Lord Jesus is the speaker and he says, Wherefore, if they shall say unto you, Behold, he is in the desert, go not forth. Who's in the desert? I believe he's speaking of Muhammad. On the 24th of September, In the year 622 A.D., it is known as the first year of the Hegira calendar, the Islamic calendar. And in the desert, Muhammad said he had a visitation of the angel who came before him and showed him visions as though as a smoke. 
Revelation chapter 9 was the bringing forth of the Islamic revolution. 24th of September, 622 AD, Muhammad fled from Mecca to Medina. You know why? Because the Arab peoples were rejecting his doctrine. And hence he flew to Medina to gather strength in an army and to by force convert them to Islam. Notice here Matthew 24 and verse 26. Wherefore if they shall say unto you, Behold, he is in the desert, go not forth. Behold, he is in the secret chamber, believe it not. In other words, if they're saying this is the, the Christ, this is the new Messiah, this is him. He says, if they say he's in the secret chamber or the conclave, the bishops gather and the cardinals gather. When a pope dies and they go into the chamber, they go into the conclave. And there between themselves, they decide and they go almost like a lottery between them. Who will be the new pope? And none knows nor hears until there is a smoke of white puff comes out of the chimney that a new pope has ascended their throne. Jesus says if he's in the conclave, don't believe them. The pope isn't the Christ. He's antichrist. Not saying that to hurt people. I'm just saying because it's the truth. And listen, there's many other antichrists. I talked about it last Wednesday night at the Bible study. But notice this. The Lord Jesus had warned of Revelation 9. The Lord Jesus had warned of the coming of the papacy. Here's something else for you. Revelation chapter 10. I'm going off kilter here, so I'm going to round this up. I don't want to tax your brain too much tonight. Revelation chapter 10. And I saw another mighty angel, verse 1, come down from heaven, clothed with a cloud, and a rainbow was upon his head, and his face was, as it were, the sun, and his feet as pillars of fire. And he had in his hand a little book opened, and he set his right foot upon the sea and his left foot upon the earth. I can't go into this all tonight, but here's this angel. It's a vision. It's not Michael the archangel, but rather this is a vision representing Christ and his gospel. Jesus isn't an angel here, but it's representing him in the vision. One foot upon the sea, one foot upon the earth, a little book in his hand, and one pointing to heaven. You know what this represents? The Protestant Reformation and the open Bible. The little book opened. In time and history, the little book opened. What an indictment for those of us who had the Sunday schools and the children's meetings and the gospel preaching and the open book, the little open book of our Bible. What an indictment when the Catholic population didn't have it that now we're like burnt over ground and the Protestant heart is as hard as the road. That's the truth. It's hard towards Christ. 
this little book open. I'll try and remember this if I can, just briefly. I need to get this closed. Fourteen thirty-six in Germany. I think it's Johann Gutenberg. You, I think his first name is Johann, if I remember right. Gutenberg's his second name. Invented the printing press. In the wilderness of Revelation 12, going across Europe, out comes the printing press. And instead of writing the scriptures hand by hand, hand by hand, copy by copy, they were able to now start printing in them on large amounts for people to read the scriptures themselves because they were written in Latin and chained to the pulpit and the poor man couldn't read them and none could take them home. Now everyone was to get a Bible in their hand. 1436, Johann Gutenberg invents this. Uh, 1475... Into 76, William Caxton in Westminster. What a difference between then and now. What a difference in Westminster started publishing with a print and press en masse the written scriptures for people to have in their hands. And look at Westminster tonight. The little book was opened. It's from heaven. It's to cross land and sea. Two feet. And hence there's war in heaven, there's woe, woe on, the, on the world. Revelation 12 again, please, we'll round this up. Let me say this before we go any further. A few years back, I thought, you know what? <clears throat> we'll go to Scarva on the 13th of July. And we'll bring a lot of tracts with us, gospel tracts. So we brought a lot, and there was a loudspeaker, and I was preaching for a while. There's a lot of young fellas up in the hill giving abuse to me. And then ended up with one of them and knew his mum and dad and I used to be his pastor. And Allison spotted him. And he nearly died off when he realized we had seen him. So then I'm giving out tracts and I had written a tract on purpose on the glorious Protestant Reformation, Martin Luther, all of this that people would see the scriptural texts. And I'm giving them out to people. And they were throwing them in my face. That's where our people are today. That's where many of them are tonight. Threw them in my face, literally. The place was littered with them. We're picking them up and people were shouting at us and laughing at us. And I thought, if I write about Martin Luther and the Reformation, they'll take it and they'll read it. But rather they scrambled it up and they just threw it at me. What an indictment to our, our province, our people. Rejecting Christ, and I used to reject Christ, but the heart has become hardened. They have become deceived. Revelation 12, please. 
verse 12. Therefore rejoice ye heavens, and ye that dwell in them. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and the sea, for the devil has come down unto you, having great wrath, because he knoweth he hath but a short time. This woe is a woe of denunciation. I looked up the word of this, and you know how some of these, I, I listen, and you can hear people pronouncing them, and I learn them so as I can pronounce them the best as possible. Our accent, of course, doesn't really allow, plus I can't roll my tongues, and some of the real guttural sounds, you need, you feel like you're choking, or you're, going, you're just not used to it. You can't get your, your lips and your tongue around it. But this one word here, I looked it up, and I thought, that's an interesting word, woe. Woe. It's a, a woe of denunciation, and it's like an exclamation of grief. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth. You know what the Greek word is for woe? And it's so easy learned. Oh, I. <laughs> oh, I. I thought I can remember that. Okay. When people say to you, doing all right, you can go woe, but don't say we'll go, oh, I. Oh, I. Oh, I. Listen to what Isaiah 5 and 20 says. Woe unto them. It's the same in the Septuagint, the Greek version of the Old Testament. Woe unto them that call evil good and good evil, that put darkness for light and light for darkness, that put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. And a few, do I need to go over this again? Do we need to talk about this again? That everything that is evil is now classed as good. The unnatural is classed as natural. Darkness is classed for light. Good for evil. The world is, as it were, uh, is flipped upside down. So that's the woe in the world. But what about the way to win? Revelation 12. Here's your way to win. Verse 11. This old serpent and the devil, the dragon. How are you going to defeat him? Because you see, in your nature, you're lost. In your nature, you're a sinner. In your nature, you'll stand before God outside of Christ and you'll be lost forever. You'll be in hell for that. You'll go on a, a lake of fire for that. So how do we win in a world that we live in with the nature that we have? Here's it here. Revelation 12, verse 11. And they overcame him. By the blood of the Lamb. I'm going to say it again. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb. I'm going to say it again. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb. The blood of the Lamb. And by the word of their testimony. And they loved not their lives unto the death. I think of them going to the Roman Colosseums. I think of them being used as human torches covered in tar, tied to a post and led around the very walls of Nero's palace to light up his palace while his guests had their dinner. The early Christians, the early church, and they loved not their lives unto the death. I think of their children being put inside, hollowed out, 
dead animal carcasses and sewed up inside it and the screaming children are there moving as if the animal's half alive and the release, the Romans release the lions and the lions go into a frenzy as the children are squealing and all their parents have to do is to say, denounce Christ and heal Caesar. But you know what? Everyone goes, yes, I would like to think that I would do that. You know what? The last couple of years showed me that the vast majority wouldn't do it at all. Half of them couldn't even get out of bed for 11 o'clock on a Sunday morning. Half of them can't get away from their feet at the fire. Half of them are afraid to come out in the rain. Am I telling the truth? Am I telling the truth? They're closing their churches on a Sunday night because it's holiday time. A soul came in here last, last week on a Sunday night, holiday time, and got saved. What if we were closed? They got saved. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb, by the word of their testimony. Have you got a testimony, brother? Sister, how's your testimony? Have you got a testimony that, well, it's just good living for a living? Have you got a testimony, brother? Oh, you're all right in church and you like to dress up in your suit and shirt and tie, but when you're in work, you know you're, you're one of the boys. How's your testimony? See your car sitting at the door when the house of God is open? You don't see if they're watching you. The deceived are watching you. The going astray ones are watching you. They overcame him by the blood. Would you say the blood? Would you say they overcame him by the blood? Well, that's it, like we mean it. Well, then that's it, and let the devil hear it. what it all boils down to. The blood. Without the blood you have no testimony. Without the blood you'll never die right. Without the blood of Christ you'll never die right. Without the blood you'll be lost forever. Without the blood I don't care what foot you kick with as they say over here. I don't care what you come from. I don't know what denomination you're in. I don't care. Without the blood you're lost. But you can be saved because you overcome him by the blood of the Lamb. Oh, 